I'm sure we have all heard stories about the Salem witch trials. My absolute favorite part of English class was reading Arthur Miller's The Crucible. However, Massachusetts was not the only location for witch trials in the U.S. It was just the most famous. 100 years after the witch hunt in Salem, Fairfield County, South Carolina had their own trials. In 1792, many cattle in the area were falling ill and dying. People also began acting strange as if they were possessed. Residents of Fairfield County started blaming the illnesses on witchcraft and accused four local women of being witches. Most of the accusations were directed towards a resident who helped others with holistic treatments and herbal remedies an older lady named Mary Engelman. The other three accused practiced rituals like hypnosis. Farmers stated that they could raise the cows in the air and then slam them on the ground, breaking necks and killing them. Rumors spread that the accused women were casting spells on others and shape-shifting into animals. One rumor surfaced that Mary Engelman herself turned a young man into a horse and rode him to a witch convention where the devil was actually in attendance. To avoid the exposure, the Salem trials calls, the women were illegally tried at a local farm where a farmer served as both judge and jury. Punishment was to be beaten, tortured, and burned almost to the point of death. Rumors state that several executions were attempted, including a hanging, but always failed. Not sure how accurate that is, but Mary died of old age later in life. Now, it's believed her spirit haunts the Winsboro, South Carolina courthouse in Fairfield County due to her unjust sentencing. Hundreds of years ago, all she ever wanted to do was help people with her treatments and she was accused of witchcraft. The Salem trials happened in 1692, which stemmed from the witchcraft craze in Europe during the 14th through the 17th centuries. The European immigrants were raised for generations, fearing the unknown and blaming everything bad on the devil or sorcery. That fear led to three girls in Danvers, Massachusetts to continue the witchcraft hysteria and start a new rampage in America. In 1692, the girls started having strange visions and fits. A local doctor actually diagnosed them with bewitchment. The family immediately started blaming three outcast women. Due to the Witchcraft Act of 1604, witchcraft was deemed a felony, and your first sentence was prison, and your second was death. Medically, the girls could have had epilepsy, a disease caused by fungus in rye bread, could have suffered from child abuse, or just been bored little brats. The hysteria spread to Salem and then spread all across the U.S.
The first woman in America to actually be tried, convicted, and executed for witchcraft was Alce Young in 1647. The Windsor, Connecticut resident was married to a landowner and only had a daughter. Without a son, if her husband passed, she would inherit the land. However, if she were not alive, the land was inherited by the community. Witchcraft was one of the 12 capital crimes in Connecticut and anyone slightly odd, disliked, or different could be accused of practicing witchcraft. This was an easy accusation when land was wanted by many. It seems many died due to greed, as well as fear. Fast forward almost 400 years later where we are actually encouraged to be unique and different and to use natural and holistic treatments when possible. In Atlanta, Georgia, the ATL craft was founded in response to healing after our 2016 presidential election. They offer monthly classes from religious history to yoga and herbalism. They host Witchin Weekends, where they venture into nature to learn spells and divination, practice plant magic, and bond with other witches. I mean, I'm not a witch, but that sounds pretty fun to me. To get to this point in our culture, the road was long and rocky. The near 400 years since the trials in Salem, Massachusetts was not a steady improvement. The modern day witch hunt has been conducted by the Ku Klux Klan or KKK. The Klan states that they are based on Christianity, but they have used violence to persecute anyone who was not a white Christian. They felt they were superior to all races and any other religious practice was wrong. The first group was established after the American Civil War. They were private and secretive about membership. They wore colorful robes and masks. The government suppressed the group in 1871. Then the second group was established in 1915 as a small group in Georgia. By the 1920s, the group had spread nationwide. This group of the KKK wore white robes and masks and started burning crosses and holding mass parades to try and intimidate others. The third group is what we currently have. These are local, isolated groups whose focus is on the opposition of the civil rights movement. All three groups targeted other races, other religions, including any spiritual practices. My grandmother told me about her father who would read tarot cards when she was little. She remembers seeing a burning cross in her front yard in South Carolina and being terrified. Many of us in the family have had some sort of spiritual connection. My sister often has dreams that predict future events. I've had several ghostly encounters and vision predictions. Now we are far from being referred to as a medium, but we are more in tune with the spiritual world than many. The KKK considered the burning cross to represent Opposition to tyranny and obedience to God. I guess they thought they could scare people into being Christian, straight, good, and eliminate all other races. In the U.S. Air Force, the most represented religion after Christianity is... Wicca. 
Many think Wiccans are devil worshippers, but I actually did a term paper for a religion class in college about Wicca. While the old English term for witch is Wicca, they consider themselves worshipping a god and goddess and nature as opposed to Satanism or Luciferianism, who are actually devil worshippers. Wiccans pay close attention to the cycles of the moon and sun and invoke the five elements as support. Air, fire, water, earth, and ether, which are spirits. These elements are represented by each point of the pentacle. In the 1990s, Wiccans considered themselves traditional witches and believed in magic and practiced spellcraft. They do not believe they are supernatural, but rather there are superpowers that reside in us, and they make full use of all the five senses to achieve metaphysical results. They do not use magic to cause harm or misfortune, but they do use it in a positive way. We've been told we don't utilize all of what our brain can do. There's probably so much more that can be done with our mind and senses if we just focused on it. I think about The Good Witch. You should check it out on Netflix and watch the movies and the TV show. She's a witch, but she does it in a good way. Witchcraft is probably best known in the South in New Orleans, Louisiana. The 1970s brought us the Witch Queen of New Orleans, Mary Onita Toops. She was the founder and high priestess of the religious order of witchcraft and established the first coven to be chartered as an official religious organization in Louisiana in 1972. The coven typically gathered at Pop Fountain in City Park. Mary had a few shops in the French Quarter and in 1975 published a book, Magic High and Low. Her religion practiced Western ceremonialist witchcraft unlike the African-Caribbean voodoo-hoodoo. She's even mentioned in American Horror Story's first episode of Coven, which is my favorite season of American Horror Stories by far. Now, voodoo is not witchcraft, but it is similar. While there are many witches in New Orleans, there are even more that practice voodoo and hoodoo. Voodoo is an established religion, while hoodoo is traditional folk magic. Voodoo derived from the Caribbean, most predominantly Haiti, and was spread to the U.S. with immigrants. It combines Roman Catholic rituals with African magical and religious rites, characterized by sorcery and spirit possession. There is one supreme God, but he does not communicate or interfere with people. To communicate with him, you would use Elwa, spirits that exist in a hierarchy. These spirits receive their power from God and communicate with followers through possession and take control of the medium's body. One of the most known spirits is Papa Legba. He stands at the spiritual crossroads and gives or denies access to speak with the spirits. Papa Legba is called at the beginning of every ritual. He is perceived as an old man with a cane, straw hat, and pipe, and drinking dark rum. 
He holds dogs as sacred and takes candy as offerings. There are many spirits to guide us and are represented in a hierarchy down to the individual families who have their own spirit, usually an ancestor. Voodoo is connected to nature, spirits, and ancestors. A voodoo doll is actually called a grigri doll. Grigri means to put a curse on someone. The dolls are used to represent a person, and I'm thinking of getting one made to look like my husband, so when I'm mad, I can take my frustrations out on it. Voodoo also uses potions and talismans like rings or stones thought to have magic and bring good luck. They will offer readings, personal ceremonies, and spiritual baths. There are bath kits with organic herb mixtures you can buy with goat's milk soap, bath salts, incense, and candles, all to help enhance the experience. Marie Laveau was a Louisiana practitioner of voodoo. In American Horror Story, she is played by Angela Bassett, who did a phenomenal job. She was also an herbalist and midwife, born in 1801 as a free woman of color in the French Quarter. Her father was a white Frenchman and her mother was white, black, and Native American. Marie owned a salon in the French Quarter and catered her special skills to the wealthy. She used the beauty shop gossip to make her seem clairvoyant during all of her voodoo readings. She had many wealthy clients who came to her to look gorgeous, help with love, family, anxiety, addictions, finances, and more. She mostly performed voodoo rituals from her home at 1020 Ann Street in New Orleans, Go Square, and at Lake Pontchartrain. She is rumored to be buried in St. Louis Cemetery One, and in 1982, the punk rock band The Misfits were actually arrested outside of Cemetery 2 for attempting to exhume Marie Laveau's body. Cemetery 1 is actually closed now, except for tours due to the vandalism. Fans honor her by leaving hair ties at her former Ann Street home. Marie was taught everything about voodoo by Dr. John. He was born as a prince in Senegal kidnapped as a slave and brought to Cuba. He later moved to New Orleans after becoming a free man and bought property on Bayou Road. He was referred to as Dr. John or Bayou John. He realized he could profit from his tricks and services. He bought female slaves and married some of them, stating he had 15 wives and more than 50 children. He gained knowledge from having slaves and family all over the town listening to the gossip, and people would take orders from him because he knew so many of their secrets. He left the voodoo ceremonies to the queens and spent his life growing wealthy by fortune-telling, potions, grigri, and helping with poltergeist activity. I'm not sure if voodoo and witchcraft are really anything magical or connects to the spirit realm, it may just be all trickery and natural. But that's for you to decide if it's a legend or if it's a lie. Many people have been criticized or lost lives because of these religions and practices. Most of what I've found, however, was just people trying to help others in some way or another. Hey 
it's Jen. Thanks so much for listening to Southern Legends and Lies. I think this one was my absolute favorite episode. I've always loved witches and all the witchcraft and voodoo nonsense. My sister was actually a witch every single year for Halloween. My youngest daughter wants to be a witch every year too. She has the past two years. So we'll see how that goes. It's always very exciting to see what exactly happened in the past and to determine whether things are a legend or a lie. Up next, we'll be working on some information about North Georgia and some of the legends that surround that area. So stay tuned.